I get it. I know that some days you're just barely making it, but your heart longs to be fully alive again. What if you didn't have to feel overwhelmed or lonely or discouraged? What if you had a chance to come out from under all the responsibilities you shoulder and the demands placed on your day? You aren't stuck, you aren't buried, and you definitely aren't trapped. Life won't always be this way because you're powerful. You just need to be reminded and revived. I'm Becky Thompson, and you're listening to the Revived Motherhood Podcast. Hey, friend, we did it. You know, I feel like this is episode one. I know that um, there's already an episode out there, and we've sort of explained this journey and what this is going to look like and what we're going to talk about together. But this is like the first step of that journey. This is us saying, okay, let's go figure it out. If we're going to find out who God is so we can better know him and make him better known, then let's do it. Let's start down that road. And so here's episode one. I'm thrilled, you know, and I just feel like I feel like God's really going to meet us. So let's just stop together. And before we get going, let's just take a deep breath. And let's invite the Lord to honestly be a part of this journey. So I'm going to take a deep breath, and I honestly want you to do that too. Ready? (sighs) Yeah. Those are good. Deep breaths are important. I don't think I take nearly enough of those. Want to take one more? Okay, ready? (sighs) Okay, Father, come close. Calm our hearts, calm our minds, help us hear what you want to share with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to start with a story. I want to tell you a quick story. This week I um, I took my son to school, and this is a big deal. I'm talking about Colton, my oldest, because my husband has been doing a lot of the morning duty around my house. And this is, this is huge because for years. My husband was up and out of the house before we were even awake. He was an oil-filled pipeline welder, and I shared that on the last episode, but we are in Los Angeles. We are both working from home now, and so our lives are so different. You know, sometimes we get feeling like life will never change, and then all of a sudden everything is different. And so (laughs) we are working from home, and that is a whole new Thing. I won't go down that road and tell you the whole story about how sometimes you pray for what you've always wanted. If I just had this, it would all be great. And then you get it. And you're like, but did I really want it? <laughs> so anyway, I love having my husband here. We are working it out. We're figuring out a whole new dynamic for working in the same home, for raising our kids just shoulder to shoulder like we haven't had a chance to in the past. And God's been walking with us and he's been so faithful. But I say all of that to tell you, my husband has been doing the morning duties and he gets up and he helps make the kids breakfast and then he takes my oldest to school. And I am totally fine with that. I, I have done my fair share of morning drop-offs in last night's ponytail and a sweatshirt added over my PJs to make it look like I have my life put together, right? somebody hear me, right? So if my husband wants to get up and he wants to make the lunch and walk him up to the little front door and drop him off and get him going on his day, I am thanking God. And I know that God is good and he is real and he loves me because this is the season that I'm in. 
but I still have mornings where I take turns and I take my son to school. And this happened this week. It was my morning and I got up and I got my kid trashed and I got his food ready and all the stuff, his lunch packed, because I am not the mom that does it the night before. I love you moms, but I am not one of you. And so per usual, I am running out the door last minute. I have you know, thrown my hair up and I'm trying to just look like I have my life together and I don't. And I realize I'm still in my pajamas and I cannot actually take my son to school in my pajamas. So I go upstairs and I'm like, what do I grab? What do I grab? And I grabbed a pair of jeans that were cleanish and I grabbed a sweater from my closet because it was a little chilly. And I thought, this looks like a put together outfit and I don't have any makeup on. And I, it's like, you can't mix the two. Either you go like full, I'm a mess, or you go full put together. But this is like, this outfit needs little heeled booties. So I added the heeled booties and I added some sunglasses because in my mind, if I put on the sunglasses, it blocks the fact that last night's mascara is still like underneath my eyes. It didn't come fully off when I was wiping my face the night before. So I add the mascara and I like brush my hair out. And I'm thinking I am like, I am... I'm covered. I don't look quite as disheveled as I actually feel on the inside. So I'm running out the door. My kid's with me. I've gotten my little quick outfit on. And as we get out of our van and start walking up the hill to drop him off, my son says, Mom, you look like a spy. I was like, I don't look like a spy. What are you talking about? I said, I was just wearing sunglasses and little boots. I look like every other mom out here. Totally fine, spy. And then I was like, he's not wrong though. I am undercover as a mom who has it all together. So that was my funny this week. It was just, I don't know. You feel like you, you feel like you're trying your best. You feel like you're just, you know, doing what you can do and your kid calls you out on it. He's like, you look ridiculous. (laughs) But in all honesty, You know, I feel like this is a season where balancing my roles is really hard, that more is asked of me than I have to give. And so my question to you is this, how do you handle it when you're out? And by that, I mean, when you're out of time, when you're out of hope, when you're out of space in your schedule, and you still have so much left to do. You know, I think a lot of us respond emotionally. I know that when I am out of everything that I have to give and the day isn't over or the week isn't over or I can see X, Y, and Z still on my schedule, I get really tense and my kids start to feel it and then I'm like, why are you acting out? Oh yeah, because I am, I am projecting my emotions into our home. And so as moms, I think this is where a lot of the guilt comes in. You know, um, I have so much to do. I can't do it all. I feel like I'm falling behind. I feel like the stress of not being able to do it all is putting stress on my family. And if somehow I was able to figure out how to pull it all together, how to do all of it better and well, then my family wouldn't be feeling the way my family is feeling. So we just grab all of the responsibility around us and put it up on our shoulders with everything else and say, I am solely responsible for the overall health and happiness of my family. If you're honest, is that true? I'm not saying, is it true that you're responsible for those things? I'm asking you, do you ever feel like you're responsible 
for your family's overall happiness? Do you feel like if you were just better, if you could just manage it better, if you could just handle your emotions better, if you could just handle your schedule better, if you could just handle it all better, then everybody would be happier and you could take the credit or you couldn't, you could stop or you could stop feeling so guilty for not having the home or the family or the relationships that you want. I need to tell you two things before we get going. The first is we were never supposed to do any of this alone. And the second thing is we were never supposed to do it all. And here's what I mean by that. When God created us, when he created humanity, we were never supposed to exist outside of his continual presence in our lives. We were never supposed to do anything, have to worry or plan or deal with just the day-to-day things in life without God's constant guiding. We can learn just about everything we need to know about God's original design for our lives and what he has in his heart for us still if we look back at the garden. And when God made Adam and Eve in the garden, they were perfectly cared for. They had continual relationship with him. They lacked for nothing. But without going deep into theology here, there's no reason to do that. We just need to recognize that when sin entered the world and separation came between God's creation and himself, everything changed. But then Jesus came and he reconciled that relationship through his sacrifice. And now we do have direct access to the Father as he originally intended it. And yet sometimes we still operate with a mentality and really with the outlook that we still have to do it all on our own. See, that's the truth for the world. That's the truth that everybody who doesn't have access to God, who doesn't know that he sent his son as savior, who hasn't accepted the sacrifice of Jesus... That's the reality in which they live. I am responsible for everything in my life. I have to handle this all on my own. But the gift that came with Jesus isn't just eternal life in heaven, even though that would have been enough. The gift that came with Jesus was the access to God that God wanted us to have from the beginning. And so if we go around acting like it's all on us, Like we are responsible, like we have to do it all, like we have to think of it all, like we have to balance it all and and we bear the burden of all of it, of of our whole home and our whole life's happiness. And by life's, I mean like everybody in our life and and the part that we play in every area. If we carry that burden ourselves, it rejects. Think of it like this, friend. It rejects what Jesus took on himself when he made a way for us to go back to the Father and have access to the ultimate resource and the ultimate wisdom and the ultimate provision for our lives. So no, we were never supposed to do it alone. We were always supposed to live our lives with direct access to the Father, and we have that opportunity again, and we should live like it. We should live like we can go to God and Ask him for whatever it is that we need. Ask him to be a part of it. Expect his Holy Spirit to walk alongside us 
and lead us in our daily lives in all of the coming and going and all of the responsibilities and, and circumstances of our day. But then the second part is we were never supposed to do it all. So we were never supposed to do it alone and we were never supposed to do it all. And what I mean by that is this. When God made Adam, he looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for this man to be alone. God knew that he had access to himself. God knew that he wasn't going to leave man alone. Man didn't have somebody like him. He didn't have community. He didn't have fellowship. He didn't have somebody that he could walk alongside and that would understand what it was like to be fully human, right? And so God made woman. And now... Adam and Eve, man and woman, do life together, and they take care of the garden together, and they explore together, and they eat fruit together, which leads to the fall, but they live life alongside each other, and that same principle is important in our lives still. God wanted us to do life with Him, and God wanted us to do life with each other because it's not good for us to be alone. So going back to our original question of, what do you do when you get to the end of yourself? What do you do when you run out? What do you do when you run out of time and you run out of energy and you run out of hope and you run out of resources? What do you do? The hope is that you go to the Lord and you ask him for exactly what you need. And then you go to your community and you say, I need you. I need you to come alongside me. So there's a story in scripture, and it's actually one of my favorites. I think we probably all heard it growing up if you grew up in church. And, you know, even if you're new to the faith and God is just starting you on this journey, I think you might have already heard this story. If not, no big deal. But it takes place in Mark 10. And the story is this. There's a blind man, and he's some way off the road. You know, he's set back from the road a little bit, and Jesus is traveling in between towns. And at this point in Jesus's ministry and Jesus's um, life, he's gathered quite a following, and people are going with him down the road. It's crowded. It's busy. They just want to see what he's doing. They want to learn what he's going to do next. They want to witness it, be a part of it. So there are all these people traveling with Jesus His name is getting out there. People are talking about him. And this blind man hears that he's passing by, and he starts shouting. And different translations say different things. But my favorite translation says that the man begins to shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears this blind man, and he has the people around the blind man, his name is Bartimaeus, bring Bartimaeus to him. So Bartimaeus comes to Jesus and standing before Jesus, completely blind, Jesus looks at him and says, what is it that you want me to do for you? And to me, you know, knowing the story, just glance over it and I know what's coming. I know that the blind man receives his sight and then scripture says he continues to follow Jesus down the road, which I think is a really important part of the story. But what I never really stopped to consider is that despite God, Jesus, knowing everything about this man's life, fully knowing him, you know, fully knowing everything, and we consider how we know people, but Jesus is God, right? And so Jesus knew everything about this man's life already. He knew how he was blind, why he was blind, 
you know, how old he was when he was bl- like became blind, knew all the details, all the de- details that we don't read in scripture. Jesus knew. He knew all of it before he called him to himself. And yet with this man standing in front of him, fully aware of this man's needs, Jesus looks at him and says, what is it that you want me to do for you? Well, I don't know, Jesus. Do you think the guy wants a vacation? No, he he wants his sight. Of course, he wants to see. He's blind, right? Like this is obvious. This is a no-brainer, Jesus. He wants his sight. And yet Jesus asks him, what is it that you want me to do for you? And in that moment, I think Jesus isn't just instructing the people around him. He's not just having a moment with this man. He's talking to you and me because God knew that we would read those words. God knew that we'd be talking about those words in that moment on this podcast. He knew that you would be in that room, in your car, in that place that you're sitting right now, standing right now. And he knew that I would be here and that we would be talking about this moment, understanding the importance of what it means to have Jesus stand in front of you and say, what is it that you really want from me? Because I think if you and I are being 100% honest, we want a lot from God. We need him to do a lot in our lives. But because there's so much we need from him, and because there's so much that we shoulder and so much that we just take on, it's like we stop asking. It's as if we just stop. We might ask him to help us with the big stuff. So-and-so is super sick. Now I'm going to play my God card. You know, I'm going to put that on the table. I'm going to call in a big favor. God, I need you to step in. God wants to know. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to back up here because God already knows what you're doing. God wants you to know that you can come to him and ask him And he wants to answer you, but there is a part of the process that's important, and that is the asking. God already knows what you need, friend. He knows that you need more more sleep, first of all. He knows that you need help. He He knows all of the deficits in your life. He knows all of the places where you desperately need him to move and change your circumstances so that you can have a happier home, so that your, you know, your families can be better, so you can be better. He knows, he knows every need of your life, and yet. He wants you to see him as the person who can meet your need. He doesn't just want you to sit far off the road calling, God, I really need you. He wants to pull you close, look you straight in the face and say, tell me, tell me what it is that I can do for you. And then you do. See, in our lives, we do all of these things. We carry all the burdens and yet we never look him in the face and say, Right now, in this minute, I need patience so I don't yell at that kid because they're driving me crazy. We don't look Jesus in the eye and say, I I need help because I can't manage my time well. We don't look Jesus in the face and say, I need friends because I'm super lonely. We don't look Jesus in the face and say, I need purpose outside of what I'm doing day to day because I feel like everything's unimportant. We don't look him in the face and tell him what we really need, expecting that he wants to meet our need. If he already knows, why would we ask? Because it's a part of the relationship that he wants to have with you. And then there's something really beautiful that happens when we acknowledge our deficit, when we acknowledge the place where we need him to intervene, where we acknowledge that we need him to pick up the places that we feel like we're failing or dropping. Jesus steps in. 
He meets the needs, and then we can follow him down the road because that's exactly what Bartimaeus did. He didn't just say, thanks for my sight. Now I can go do everything I ever dreamt of doing, right? No, he receives his sight, and then he follows Jesus. And I think there's a picture of what God is inviting us into in this moment, friend. Just take just one second while I'm talking. What do you need him to do today, right now, this minute? What do you need to invite him into in your life? What area do you need the Lord to intervene so that you can follow him better and so that your family can follow him better as you follow him? Let's just take a second. And so when we take moments like this and we pause and we invite God to be a part, we're acknowledging that we weren't supposed to carry all of it alone, that we were always supposed to do it with the help of the Father, with the help of the one who created us. And so, like I said in the beginning, there's two things I want you to know. You were never supposed to do it alone and you were never supposed to do it all because there were people in your life that are supposed to come alongside you and carry part of the weight of what you're dealing with. You know, I think we can get so busy in our coming and going that we forget to invite people into the actual messiness of the process. We invite people in when it looks good. We invite people in when we've got it together, but we don't say, you take this part and I'll take this. Sometimes I'm carrying the groceries in from the car or I'm, you know, just trying to make one load and get all of the extra shoes that everybody's left and my bag and my purse and my like sunglasses, whatever it is. And everything's just balanced so perfectly in my arms. And then one of my children will appear and say, what can I help you carry? And while I really appreciate that they want to help me carry some of it, all I can think of is this. If you take one piece of this, all of it's going to fall apart. You know what I mean? Like this is balanced so perfectly in my arms. I've just barely got it. I'm kind of doing the waddle duck walk into the house. Just trying to, you know, you've got that weird posture. You're just trying to get it all in, gripped crazy. And then someone's like, what can I take? And you're like, don't take any of it because then I'll drop all of it. And I think in our lives, we feel that way about community. We feel that way about inviting people in. We feel that way about saying, you take this. I don't know how to, I don't know. I don't know how to allow you to help me, but it's important. And it's going to look different for you than it looks for me. And it's going to look um, unique in this season than it did in previous seasons. If you've got a newborn, you know, it just looks like having someone come over and sit with you maybe, or fold your clothes or, you know, hold your baby so you can take a nap at 3.30 in the afternoon because you just are so exhausted. If you've got toddlers, it looks like having somebody to talk with who will sit with your kids while you run to the grocery store, who will meet you at the grocery store and go with you through the grocery store and entertain your kids so you can put in food and not just snacks, right? And if you've got older kids, it looks like saying, my house isn't put together, my life isn't put together, can you grab so-and-so from school for me today? Can you take so-and-so to this practice? Can you just come and sit with me and be a human in my house and listen to how I'm struggling with anxiety or depression or how my husband and I are working through a hard season or how I am struggling with purpose? We have to have people that walk alongside of us and it's scary and it's vulnerable and it makes us feel like we're going to drop everything if we give even part of it away. But God said it wasn't good for us to be alone. 
And there are many reasons why that's true. For us, I think it's important that we consider how community can impact our hearts when we feel like we're at the end of ourselves and where we feel like we have nothing left to give. So that's my prayer for us this week. My prayer is that we would remember that Jesus is walking with us throughout our day and that he's, he stops and he looks at us and he says, but what can I do for you right now? What is it that you need me to intervene in? What is it that you need me to do for you? What can only I do in your life? My prayer is that we would stop and remember that he is with us and he is ready to meet our needs and he is our strength. And then my prayer is also that we would look around our lives and we would find places, little places where we can invite others in and trust them to help us carry our burdens because we were never supposed to do it all and we were never supposed to do it alone. And life is always better 